A little less conversation, a little more action. Then nothing happens in life by just talking about it. Have you figured that out in your life yet? You know, we've been talking about, as Christians, we live in a place called Graceland, which means that God not only is in us and with us, but God's for us in our lives. And because we live in Graceland, I've been saying that it changes everything. It changes how we live. It changes how we see the world, how we see ourselves. And we've talked about grace and how grace works in, in the heartbreaks of life, how it assists us in living God's way, how it helps us to live guilt-free life and gives us the capacity to forgive. We talked about that last week. And today what I want to talk about is how to grow spiritually when we're living in this place called Graceland. And I want this to be more than a conversation. The fact is growth doesn't just happen. Growth requires action on our part. And it has been my observation through the years that people make a mistake of thinking that if you're involved in something that has the potential for growth, that if you attend, you automatically grow. And I want to tell you today that's not true. It doesn't work that way. The fact is, if I decided that I was going to get healthier in my life and that I wanted to start working out, the fact is I could have all kinds of conversations with people about health. I could research health. I could research some of the local health clubs. I could even join a health club. And let's just say that I joined a health club in the area and... um, I make a commitment that I'm going to go every day to the health club. And so what I do is I drive there and and I sit down in the middle of everybody working out, maybe take my lawn chair, kick back, and and watch everybody exercise and, and work out. They might have me hauled off, but anyway, let's just say that I could do that. And so after about an hour of watching everybody work out, I pick up my chair and I head out. And on the way out, the trainer sees me and goes, how's the workout? Oh, man, it was great. It just feels so good to be in the gym, you know. Let's say that I do that every day for a year. I don't miss a day. Sit, watch people work out after an hour, pick up my stuff and go. You're probably sitting there going, you know, you may be committed But I think maybe you need to be committed, you know. I'm not going to get in shape just going to the gym. It doesn't work that way. The fact is you need more than that. And I believe the same is true in our spiritual life, that growth doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen because we talk about it. It doesn't happen because we're here this morning. It requires more. Growth requires a thing called grace in life. The fact is, grace not only helps me in my life, it helps me get started, it helps me keep going, and it changes us and helps us grow. Grace is vital to the process. The fact is, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, You may have taken that step, but it does not guarantee 
that you're going to grow, that you're going to change in your life. The growth process requires action on your part. And because we live in Graceland, God absolutely wants us to grow. And God has a process for, for that growth. And that process dramatically increases the possibility of personal growth in life. And if, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I know what that is. I just have to try harder, you know, run a little bit faster. That is not it. That is not it. That will just produce a lot of guilt on your, on your part. The, the good news, in fact, I believe it's great news, it is not a matter of me trying harder. God has a process that begins with grace, and the fact is we grow in grace. And I want to give you, because I, I think this is a powerful three-part process that God gives us that I believe has the potential to change your life forever. It changed mine when the switch went off and I, I figured this out. Paul writes to the Ephesians, he says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The first thing that you have to do in your life is put off the old. Put off the old ways, the old ideas. To, to put off the things that used to be in your life. Uh, your life before Christ, before God, before Graceland. And I want to challenge some of our old ways of trying to put our life together, trying to grow, trying to make myself better. Some old ways that absolutely do not work. And that is, Jesus did a lot of teaching on this. And he talked about personal growth, and he points out ways that don't work. Ways that, that just will mess you up. And he says, it starts by putting off some of the old ways, like thinking you can grow by doing good. Jesus said, it doesn't work that way. This idea that if I could just do enough good things, then I'd grow. It doesn't work, friends. It doesn't work. Jesus was teaching on the topic one day, and he was talking to the disciples then. He's talking to disciples today. And it's a great visual, but in Scripture, Jesus said, And no one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the old wineskins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. New wine is stored in new wineskin. So they both are preserved. And I know this is kind of hard to understand because I doubt that anybody's got a wineskin sitting around their house. Might have a wine bottle, but not a wineskin. And the fact is, what they would do in that day was they would pour new wine in a wineskin, in a leather wineskin. And as the wine would ferment, it would expand, and the wineskin would expand with it. But what would happen over time is the wineskin, because of weather and the sun and stuff, it would get brittle, and it would harden. And so if you took an old wineskin that had been weathered, and you poured new wine in it, as the wine expanded, the old wineskin wouldn't. And ultimately, the wineskin would burst, and you'd end up losing the wine and ruining the wineskin. 
And Jesus says, you know what? There, there's sometimes it looks like it will fit. It fits in the beginning. But there is no room for growth, no room for expansion. You know, sometimes it looks like if you could just do enough good things that you'd grow. Friends, that might work for a little while. Some of you have tried that track. But it might work for a little while, but there is no room for genuine change in that. There's no room for becoming all that God has created you to be or wants you to be. So you don't grow by doing good. Another old way you got to get rid of is you don't grow by keeping rules. You don't grow by keeping rules. Hebrews 13.9 says, Your hearts should be strengthened by what? God's grace, not by obeying rules. It's not by obeying rules that your heart's strengthened. It's by grace. You know, rules do not guarantee growth. Rules can't produce growth. Now, don't misunderstand me. Rules have their function, okay? But it's not growth. Uh, Rules can control things. Rules can control people. might even help you control yourself. But be clear, rules will not grow you. You might think of uh, grace kind of like a a jet, the power of, of your life. And the Ten Commandments and the various commandments in the Bible is like a flight plan. See, those rules give you direction in your life, but the power is not from the rules. Rules can't produce growth. Old way of thinking is, I know what, I'll keep a bunch of rules and then I'll grow. And friends, it doesn't work. In fact, God says, I've got a new way for you to live. That old way of trying to live by rules does not produce growth in your life. In fact, I would argue that that's religion. That's religion. And making faith about a bunch of rules and thinking that I'm going to grow by keeping them, it doesn't work. It gets twisted at points. Growth comes from a relationship with God. It comes through God's grace. See, you can't grow by keeping rules, and you can't grow by feeling bad. That's another old school idea. You know, the rules can't produce growth. Guilt will not produce growth. We, we talked a lot about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, this idea that if I just feel bad enough about myself, if I really pile on the guilt and beat myself up, then I'll change. Then I'll grow. And some of you today would go, it doesn't work. I know it. It doesn't work. And the fact is, if I feel really bad about myself, friends, I do not get better. I just feel bad. That's not what God intended. That is not God's design for your life. Romans, Paul writes this. He says, who then will condemn us? Will Christ? No, He is the one who died for us and came back to life again for us. Who will condemn us? The fact is Jesus Christ died for you. 
You live in Graceland because of that. And God wants you to come to a point in your life to, and he wants to give you grace. See, he doesn't want to condemn you. That's the question he's asking there. He says, I want to give you grace. And yet, it's interesting, we spend a lot of time in our lives condemning ourselves. And friends, it doesn't work. It will not bring growth in your life. So, so if I don't grow by feeling really, really bad about myself, if I don't grow by keeping a bunch of rules, if I don't grow by doing a lot of good things, if I take this step and I get rid of those old ideas, how do you grow? Well, Jesus says there's another part. Put on the new. Put on the new. You know, Paul writes and says, so if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. This is a promise to Christians. People that put their trust in Jesus Christ, give God the reins in their life, and say, you know what, God? I want you to lead my life. This is, to me, just an incredible promise. Because it's not a new list that God's going to give us. It's not a bunch of things that we've got to do. The promise in the Christian life, is when the old is gone that the news come. And there's several things that God gives us. They're gifts of grace. That's the new stuff. You know, one of the things we don't have to do is we do not have to design our new life. You know, I do not have to make it work on my own. Newness, newness is a creation of God. You know, you don't have to make room for, for that newness. And in fact, we, sometimes I think we try and design it ourselves. And that, this is where we really get messed up. All God asks us to do instead of trying to design it is we just have to put on new life. It's, it's something God gives us in our life. It's sort of like if God was to show up at your home and to give you a new suit or, or a new dress. And he says, I've got this new life for you. And so he hangs it in your closet and he says, here it is. It's new life. Put it on and enjoy it. And then we look at it and we go, eh, thanks, but I think I'll design my own. I'm going to design my own new life. And so we go out and we dig through a scrap pile. We find some pieces of material. You know, we start cutting and sewing and stapling and things like that. And we're putting it together. And we get it all put together and then we put it on. And we say, hey, God, look what I made for you. Aren't you proud of me? Look at this. And I think, I think God's looking at us and going, why don't you put on the new life I gave you? You know, it's a gift. I, I want you to enjoy it. You, you don't have to design it. You, you can't create new life. I just want you to do stuff and live by grace. Just put it on. Friends, you do not have to design your new life. And get this. You don't have to put on your new life if you don't want to. This is where a decision comes. You get to make a decision every day in your life about new life. 
You get to decide every day if this new life that God has given you, if you're going to put it on. You know, am I going to put this on today? And kind of picture it like an old coat and a new coat. God says, I want you to take off the old coat. And I want you to put on this new one. You know, before you were a believer, before you gave your life to Christ, you didn't have the power to take off the old coat and to put the new coat on. But once you become a believer, God gives you the power through his Holy Spirit to make that choice, you know, to decide. But this is where we struggle, I think, in all of our lives. You know, sometimes we struggle and we say, God, I know, I know you want me to change in my life. I know that. But I'm kind of comfortable with my old ways, my old way of living. I think I'll just stay here for a while. I'll keep this coat on. But what you're going to find is when you take that step and you say, okay, God, you got the reins, you're going to find that the old ways get uncomfortable. The old ways don't fit right. You know, we, and we've got creative ways we try and deal with this. I mean, some people try and put the new over the old. You know, we're both. But it doesn't feel right. It's uncomfortable. You get bound up. Another strategy people try is they switch back and forth. Oh, I'm going to put on my new coat for a while. Oh, I like the old coat. And you take it off and you put the old coat on. And you go back and forth, back and forth. You know, kind of a Jekyll Hyde kind of mentality. And friends, i got to tell you, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. God's process is you take off the old. And you keep taking off the old. And you keep putting on the new. Here's the challenge, I think. Will you work with God in that process of putting on the old, or taking off the old and putting on the new? Or, or will you ignore the process or maybe even work against God in the process because, friends, you've got you to take off the old attitudes, the old thoughts, the old beliefs that, that you have about relationships or sex or marriage or money or business or disappointment or what God should or shouldn't do in your life. You have to take that stuff off and put on the new attitudes, the new thoughts, the, the new beliefs, the new lenses, you might say, where you begin to see as God sees to change things in your life, to make growth possible, you have to begin to look through God's eyes. You know, when you begin to look and see the things that God sees, you'll find you begin to respond the way that God would want you to respond in life. You begin to change how you live. In fact, I would argue that you are more likely to do what God says if you're looking through God's eyes. You know, God looks at us and he doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to give you ten more commandments to do. In fact, I think God would look and say, you've already proven you can't do that. You know, God says, I want you to see every arena of your life the way I see them. 
And friends, that switch in thinking has the potential to change you. That switch is power-packed. I mean, some of you today would go, you know what, I've experienced that power. I've experienced it of putting off the old stuff and putting on the new, and I started seeing situations, particular things that I find myself in. I start seeing them the way God sees them. And you would say today that you're changing. Now, you didn't change overnight. You, you wish, I mean, I think we all wish we could change like that. But you change over time. You know, the things that maybe six months ago or a year ago or five years ago, you were sitting there going, that command doesn't make sense. That verse, I don't buy that. You know, what I heard this morning in in a message, I don't know about that. I read a Christian book the other day. I'm not sure. You know, at first, in your mind, you're thinking, I'm not sure. I don't know. But then suddenly, you think about it again. And then you think about it some more. And then pretty soon you're going, that makes sense. I I should have done that years ago. What was I thinking? And friends, when you begin to work with God in this process, taking off the old, putting on the new, something that you didn't think you could do before, all of a sudden you're now able to do. You're able to take that step. And friends, when you take that step of taking off the old, putting on the new, it affects everything in your life. It impacts every situation and decisions that you make through the days. Hundreds of times during the day you find yourself making these choices. You know, this is not one of these things where you go, well, I did that once, you know, 20 years ago and and like it's over. Friends, this is a constant decision-making process that I'm going to take off the old and I'm going to put on the new. Most people, when when it comes to this thing called growth, spiritual growth, we love to talk about it. I'd love to do that. It would be great. But no action. No action. Friends, the fact is, you have to take the old off. You you have to let go of the old ways. It requires action. You're going to have a hard time putting on the new and seeing yourself in new ways unless you take action in your life. And that's why the last step of this is so important. And this is the step that I think most people forget. This is the step that empowers you, gives you power to take action, to move forward in growth. And that is renew your mind. Renew your mind. This is what empowers you to put off the old and to put on the new, is when you change the way you think. Scripture, Romans 12, says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way, what? That you think. 
Changing the way that you think is a catalyst for change. You know, God wants to change you. And the, the fact is, God will work in you. But it all starts with how I think. How I think. Renewal, friends, takes place in the mind. And there are several ways God changes us there and renews our mind. One is spending time just talking to God. You know, listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, sensing God's prompting in our life. Galatians 5 says, So I... I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you're struggling in a relationship. And you're kind of short-tempered. And you tend to take cheap shots. We've all been there, haven't we? Done that? And in that moment, in that moment, when you take that cheap shot, whatever it is, you kind of sense it's not right. True? True, let's be honest. Yes? Friends, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Holy Spirit, you're going, I know this isn't right. You know, maybe maybe you've done something and it kind of goes south. And you're talking to God, you know, just to say, God, what do you want me to do? And most of the time, again, Holy Spirit moving, most of the time we sense and we know in our, in our mind what the right thing to do would be. Doesn't mean we'll do it. But again, Holy Spirit moving, you know, having conversation with God can renew your mind. Spending time in God's Word, you can renew your mind. Spending time reading God's word, allowing it to mold you and to change you. You know, the psalmist writes, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. There are a lot of scriptures that speak to God's word, that God's word has the ability to challenge us, to convict us, to encourage us, to guide us. But let me tell you something. God's word is powerless in your life. If you never open God's book. It cannot renew your mind. Carrying it around with you. Not going to do anything for you. Having it sitting on a shelf. Isn't going to do anything for you. The fact is. You have to open it up. And if you're not putting. Something new. Into your mind. If you're not studying. And reading. That's why we're always pushing small groups around here. Because it's a good place to, to do that. You know, personal Bible study. This morning, you're renewing your mind. You know, by attending the service and worshiping God and listening and studying God's word together. Friends, all about renewal. All about renewal. Because when I spend time relating to God and talking to God and connecting with God and listening to God, you know what happens? God renews my mind. This is where we find change. Some of you are trying to change on your own. And I got a newsflash for you. It won't work. It won't work. Thou shall and thou shall not does not bring growth in life. In fact, I would argue that for some of you, that's why you've never become a Christian. Because that's how you see it. 
You know, some of you would say and stand and give testimony and say, you know, I used to be active in my Christian walk, but I gave that up a long time ago because I was just failing. And here's why. Because you tried to do it on your own. You tried to produce the growth. You tried to do good. And it just wore you out. Because, friends, that's not how you grow. You know, some of you today might be to that point where you're ready to give up. And and I think the great news is that God will work with you to learn to work with God's process, to learn that you've got to put off the old and put off the old and put on the new. And the way you do that, renew your mind, spending time with God. You know, Galatians 3 says, you began your life in Christ by the Spirit. Now are you trying to make it complete by your own power? That is foolish. Friends, it's grace. It's grace all the way through. A renewed mind is not this uh, self-determination. It is determined dependence upon a God of grace. You know, you live the Christian life the same way you started your Christian life. It starts with grace. You live with grace. And friends, you grow in grace. And I believe there is a lot of motivational power in that for growth. And that motivational power, it isn't found within you. It isn't because you're strong-willed. It's found in God. It's found in the fact that God wants you and is willing for you to grow. And that God is working in you and for us. And he's on our side so that we can grow every single day the, the, moment, the moment you gave the reins to God in your life, God started working in you to grow you. And I'll be honest, if I thought every morning when I got up, if I thought every morning for the rest of my life that I had to motivate myself to grow, I would just flat out get discouraged. Because the truth is, whether I get up in the morning and I feel motivated or not, God is always motivated, and God is always motivating me and strengthening me to trust what he's doing in my life. Motivation comes from the power of God, friends. It comes from the power of God working within you. Growth is not accomplished by trying harder. It is accomplished by trusting in a God that can create and recreate. That's where you find growth. You know, the book of Philippians just promises all over the, that particular book in the Bible, but it, it is a promise of God's trustworthiness and his concern for growth. It says, for God is at work within you, helping you want to obey him and then helping you do what he wants. It's a promise. Several years ago, I did some uh, remodeling. I actually remodeled a a house. And um, when I first bought the house and I was looking at it, I I thought, it doesn't look like a lot. And what I found was the most difficult work was the stuff I couldn't see. You know, wiring, foundation, plumbing. 
And I realized in very short order that there was a lot more involved in this than I first realized. And I think that's how it is with growth in our life, with spiritual growth, that God comes into our life and we start looking around and we look at ourselves and we go, you know, I've got this issue over here, God. Could you help me fix it? I mean, help me fix this little hole in my life. This, help me fix this wall, you know. Let's do a little patching here, okay? If you'd just fix this, God, it'd be great. And God looks at it and goes, well, it's a little bigger than that. I've got to do some rewiring here. I mean, how do you get to the wiring? My construction people, how do you get to the wiring? You've got to tear the wall out, right? I mean, sometimes you've got to tear, tear it all out. And I'll be honest, I just want to do the cosmetic part. You know, this project's way more intense than I planned. And the fact is, it's easy to get discouraged because usually, if you do it right, it looks worse before it gets better, right? I mean, why does God want to get to the wiring in your life? Well, friends, first of all, he's got to change the power source in your life. God wants to give you more power than you could ever imagine. But because God looks at the situation, he realizes the danger of the situation, realizes that you are going to short circuit if you continue down the path you're going. Because God wants to get in there and change us, God starts tearing away the walls. He starts fixing the wiring. He starts rebuilding your life. And I'll just be honest, life's a giant restoration project that you will do from now till the day you take the last breath. But friends, God's going to see it through. God's going to see it through if you'll work with him. You know, one of my goals before we leave here this morning is that you take the opportunity to just pray a very simple prayer and just say, God, I'm in. I'm in. I want to be a part of this. I want to grow. And would you restore and work in in my life for the rest of my life? Just that simple prayer. Just just pray it and say, God, that's what I want. And I want to give you a little bit of homework. Because instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to apply this growth thing to everything in my life, I want to pare it down for you and say, Choose one area. Choose one area. You know, when you remodel, if you're going to live in the house that you're remodeling, the best way to do it is one room at a time, right? Well, I want to suggest to you in your life, instead of saying, oh, I want to grow, is to choose one area where you need to grow, where you need to change. You know, maybe it's the way you treat your spouse. Maybe it's the way you handle finances. Maybe it's the way you do business or the way that you treat the people that you work with. But pick an area, I don't care what area, and just say, okay, God, I want you to help me. I want you to help me take off the old and put on the new. You know, renew your mind here. Talk to God about it. You know, listen, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Read God's word on the topic. And can I make a suggestion there? I mean, if you've got internet access, 
one of the things you can do, there's great search engines on the, on the net. Uh, one of the places uh, I find real helpful is BibleGateway.com. And you can go there and type a word, and whether it be business or relationship or wife or husband, and find all kinds of things. But that's a, that's a great way to find out what's God have to say on this topic and then read, read those scriptures, you know, and ask yourself, you know, what's God saying to me? In light of what God's word says, you know, in light of what I'm sensing from God, how should I live? Talk to a mature Christian friend about it and then work on that area. One area. Work on that area this week, this month, you know. And when you feel like you're growing, because that will happen then, keep working at it. But once you feel like you're growing, then pick another area. You know, and if you're not sure, lean over to the person next to you and go, where should I grow? Don't give them a laundry list, but, you know. You better pick something. Since then, we do not have an excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. Paul says, get rid of it. And then take an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Friends, remember growth and change take time. A little less conversation, a little more action. Yeah, it's going to be aggravating along the way, but I guarantee you it brings satisfaction in the end. You will find you grow when you take that kind of step. Paul writes, he says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. And God, I pray that all of us, the prayer of our heart would be, okay, God, I'm in. Help me. Give me strength. I want you to take the reins and I want you to help me put on the old or take off the old and put on the new. God, I pray that your spirit, that we would sense whatever area it is you would have us work in. That we'd take steps toward it. That we'd take action. God, I thank you for your grace that makes all things possible. God, I pray that we'd grow in your grace. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.